Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched. We'll provide our own version of the synopsis, have an open discussion about things we liked, what we didn't like, uh, what we would change, and end with a favorite scene and a final thought. Uh, I'm Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. And today, we are going to be talking about It, Chapter 2. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. But we're going to go ahead and give our synopsis. Uh, would you like to go first? Sure. My synopsis is... Five old friends bully a clown. That's a really good one. Mine was just out of my own pure enjoyment of James McAvoy chases and traumatizes children. Yes, uh, yes he does. Feeding one to clown to a clown, drowns one, and then shoots one with a bolt pistol. <laughs> he also, the one that he feeds to the clown, <laughs> he also harasses multiple times before yeah, that. Like, <laughs> Like, I understand, like, it wasn't, he, it was supposed to be, like, sheer concern, but the way he grabs so onto his collar, son. yeah. He shakes the kid. He's like, you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was so aggressive. Like, there was not, it was, like, I, I don't know if he knew how to distinguish fear and concern with aggression. aggression. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, James McAvoy's an incredible he's actor. great, yeah. I think that, I think that this whole movie was directed in a way... That they, because Jessica Chastain's also a great actor. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're, you know, Bill Hader's a great actor. But I, th- and it's not that they were bad, it's that, because they weren't. Their performances are maybe it was good for what they're doing, but I feel like they were being told to be a specific intense, way. like mm-hmm. to be loud and quick, and which kind of somewhat drains them from being real to me. They felt like. Yes, they were very very contrived um and that was the thing i think really this movie is more um take the words right out of it which is a uh, very bombastic um it doesn't compared to the the tv movie one that one like brought a sense of like fear that i wish it kind of translated because that's kind of the whole concept of the movie right mm-hmm. is that these characters are going through these the fear thing and that's what it uses what Pennywise uses. So that in itself should translate into the audience. But really, it was just all in your face. It was really loud. A lot of jump scares. It just felt... The movie is constantly loud. Just yeah. constantly. It, it, I've, I never felt a sense of like building dread or tension because whenever something quote-unquote scary happens, it's just an explosion of noise, really quick moving cameras, all the characters like running back and forth to each other. The... The creatures that appear are just, like, ridiculous. <laughs> it reminds me of Ready Player One. Okay, so there's one aspect where they go into The Shining. And in that, there's the one bathtub woman who, like, chases them down. She becomes larger than all the other characters. Mm-hmm. And obviously, because it's, like, it's a game world kind of thing. Anyway, so she looks like that. And that sort of fear, you could tell, like, it was supposed to be kind of creepy, 
but it's like safe for the family kind of creepy. Right. That was the impression I got whenever they showed any of those creatures. Even though you, I mean, I know you're talking about a movie, but the movie is obviously heavily inspired by video games. And actually, that's kind of what this reminded me of. It reminded me of a video game version of a horror thing. Where oh, yeah, it's still so. mostly actually action and not really scary at all. That's, yeah. And that was my disappointment with this movie, to be honest. Like, I mean, the original one scared the shit out of me. And granted, I was like seven. It's still, like, it left a lasting impression on me for a while. Like, here's a personal fact. Like, I was really afraid to close doors all the way in any situation where I was to be alone. Because of the fear of Pennywise coming and dragging me through a pipe or (laughs) (laughs) shooting blood throughout my bathroom just it was terrifying and the reason why that was terrifying is because it was there was like a slow burn to it and that at first i thought that was the reason why this movie was about three hours long i don't think it has any reason to justify for it being that length it's immediately just in your face and loud and fast and and it never like i don't I think we're going to we're going to have to double back and talk about the story and the characters a little bit but I don't know what's supposed to be scary about no. any of it. I don't know what the big naked woman who turned old woman who turns into this weird <laughs> like troll creature just like running and screaming through the house. That's not scary. That, it's like it a cartoon. That. It's like a fucking cartoon. That's what made me think of Ready Player One. Yeah. Or what's scary about a fucking fly with a baby's face. Yeah. It's it's just all so silly. It was just It's laughable. And I think because they do a lot of intercutting between the horror sequences and then someone with a one-liner. Right. And that's usually something that you attribute to to action movies, right? I don't know. I feel like there was another horror movie where there was a character who would always, you know, deflect with, with jokes. But you still felt terrified. And while the jokes, if you were in a different scenario, you would be like, oh, yeah, that was funny. But while you're in it, you're like, shut the fuck up. No one needs to hear that right now. But I didn't get that sort of impression in this one. No. And we can actually, weirdly, we can kind of compare this movie to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes, oh my god. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, I didn't love that movie, but it's better than this. It's oh, yeah. creepier than this. And it's kind of, they follow, the reason why I would bring it up is they follow a similar structure, which is there are a lot of vignettes. Like, there, there's a character, there's a bunch of characters who get together, and, but they also have their personal fears that come to life as they go off on their own thing. The structure really hurts this movie a oh, lot, I feel like, because when, it, when, they're, when they separate... And we go see each one of their things. Mm -hmm. You start to be like, motherfucker, how many more of these are there? Because the movie's three hours Hours. long. (laughs) Two points on that. One, I hate the fact that they address these these horror tropes. It's like, you know, if like you're breaking someone's legs, like, hey, you're breaking his leg. Yeah, I know. Just because you're saying, yes, I know this is what I'm doing doesn't really excuse it. It's my point. It's like, yes, I know there's this horror trope. We're going to address it by saying, yes, we know, and then continue with the horror trope. (laughs) (laughs) I think they missed the golden opportunity. This would, I feel like they could have done a massive change for this. I don't know how the old woman creature really plays into uh, Beverly's character arc. To what degree? Because like her whole thing is like having an abusive relationship, having an abusive dad. Where does the grandmother come in? being all demonic nothing that's just pennywise fucking with her because it's in her old house yeah oh okay like i can understand because the idea was because it's pennywise's daughter daughter right but it's really still him right okay so there's a bit of that but even then there i think there is there's something that could have been a little more succinct they could have done something a little bit more and if they were gonna teeter on the whole comedy and horror kind of thing which they're see were they were they actually trying though i don't know if they i don't think they were i think i think the movie was just silly right i don't think i mean obviously like bill Hader makes jokes and they're supposed to be the comic relief mm -hmm. but i don't think the movie wanted to be a horror comedy like ready or not was yes or like evil dead was 
it probably would have been better if it was because it wasn't scary. Right. <laughs> but I don't. I think the movie wanted you to be terrified of these things. Right. And did not work. for it me. It did not work because what it did. It, what it did. It's like the needle went back and forth to the point where any sort of tension that was built was just. It was just a quick release. I think the movie could be best described as a jump scare. Everything is just kind of cheaply done. You get the scare, but then they quickly alleviate it with comedy and then go back and forth. So nothing is really. Like, there's no uh, momentum. One of the things that makes horror effective in most cases, which is actually something that Stephen King has wrote about and is writing about writing, things that you don't know, things that are unseen, are, mm-hmm. are the things that are scariest. And this movie doesn't follow that in any way. It shows everything right off the bat in the clearest of possible ways because it's all so unrealistic. It makes it so boring. Right. Or not, not boring, but not scary. It doesn't, it's, as again, cheap. Okay, let's compare two things. So the girl that was pulled away... Under the bleachers. Distracted, there was a buildup, and then it was, that was the, a better one. That was the best they ever did at it. Yeah. But I'm taking that. And then compare it to when uh, it was in the original one, the TV movie one with Tim Curry, where a kid gets pulled through a pipe. But it's it's done so slowly that you watch him just kind of like contort to fit mm-hmm. into the pipe. And then as he's slowly getting dragged, that to me, because you don't see what's on the other side. You only right. see this kid being pulled away and this is what we fear we fear we fear what could happen because our mind is always going to make it worse than what it actually is that's just human nature it's it's the it's why we're afraid of the dark it's because we don't know what else is there right yeah exactly but instead this movie is just like i I just want to keep calling cartoon characters monsters that just run around it was very cheap it's it's got such a convoluted start too and i understand this is you know goes to the source material but Again, why I would argue that Stephen King is not that great of a writer. Yeah, I was just going to say, you don't um, like Stephen King. Actually, to be clear, his prose is good. The way he writes a sentence and he writes a paragraph, that is good. But, the overall, but his plots yeah. are just... The concept. Or not the concept. Because yeah, the they, they, all, they all do what this does, which is they, they start, like, not this movie specifically, but let's say the first half, the first, chapter one, they start in something that can be creepy and scary, but then they always devolve into some supernatural explanation that is so balls to the wall crazy that it loses any sense of dread or fear or or like creepiness to it because it's just insane it's just mimic monster aliens Mm -hmm. that have magical powers which is what fucking pennywise is yeah (laughs) and it's like to which i feel like there could have been more that they could have used in that aspect right but they didn't i mean like let's compare it to the mist just for a brief moment like the fact that they're all stuck in the room or the the store the general store right Mm -hmm. They can't go out. They can't see as far. It kind of goes with the whole darkness right. uh, concept. They don't know the extent of how much they could go out. And, you know, they keep towing the line. And, of course, everybody's mind's turning. And then there's the whole religious thing. And then that they could have done more of. Because the whole idea with Pennywise is the whole fear. Because that's how he primes them up to be his meal. Right? In, right. Or at least lure them in. And another thing that works so well about The Mist is, I mean, yes, it, it does play very heavily on that idea of the unknown, of what exactly is the threat and how bad is it. But also, the core of the mist, what makes the mist scary is, you touched on like the religious, the religious stuff, That that's conflict between the people in the story. That's the humans in this moment of desperation kind of turning on each other, and, you know, the scariest thing that could happen is, not the scariest thing that could happen, but, but a real threat and part of the tension and fear, and it is, are one of these people going to do something shitty to each other or is how bad is this going to get just from them trying to survive and the desperation they're in? And the characters in this movie, there's there's some conflict between them, but it's so generic. And it's just that some of them don't want to do it 
and some of them feel like they have to and so they very breezily just once in a while mention that but other than that they're people who don't really actually know each other at all the whole stupid thing again again i know that goes to the source material but the fact that they don't remember anything from when they left is just such a weird clunky way to start this movie because it's like so they're all supposed to be drawn here because they're best friends but also they don't remember they don't remember yeah okay so under what a dumb fucking story (laughs) (laughs) because honestly it's like it's kind of like this idea if they had someone this, if they had this someone, history that was building in, in the tension because of that that would have been way better than oh well, I don't even remember I don't, what I don't happened. Even remember why we were here because it's kind of like someone back from your, like your high school or middle school days calling you out of the blue and like uh, yeah hey I know you I'm not gonna fly all the way back to my hometown to hang out tomorrow tomorrow and such yeah like hey you know I'll come back I'll come by for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah, it was such a week. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make sense. Um, also, the way we meet all the characters is so fucking over the top. Too like Jessica Chastain just lives with a fucking super villain domestic violence guy. Oh, like, yeah. and it's like it's not like that's there's domestic violence is something that should be addressed in films, but not by a fucking cartoon character version of it. Right. Like, it's not authentic in any way. He just, like, walks in and it's just a raging fucking asshole, like, mm-hmm. from the get-go. Also... That, I mean, I know that was part of the source material, but... She would have felt like a better character. She would have felt like a more real character that you're sympathetic to if they showed that more naturalistically instead of yeah. him just... It also goes to the way it's shot and the way it's acted, too, though, because they're just... They're, they're exaggerating everything. Mm-hmm. And... He turns into not the kind of psychological abuse that comes usually with domestic violence. Again, it was but it comes cheap... with just him just screaming, "I'm an asshole!" Essentially, just very uh, quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and I think this is where this is where I'm utterly disappointed because this was so. The storyline could have been rich with all these kind of subtleties, right? If you're Especially... going to have all these characters, have a really complicated thing that comes out about all of them, and right. I think the movie thinks it's doing that, but it's not. But it's not like... for a movie that's already three hours long essentially they i feel like they you didn't could, need to do the backstories this way if it didn't it have takes any like 45 minutes to get to the fucking movie right so like <laughs> they do the backstory when they're children but then anything between when they're children to now essentially has no has no weight no bearing, to the yeah, rest right. of the story that's the other because, thing too like if if that well for one you could have teased that out like just as her as a person we could have seen that as she's interacting with these guys that she's she's insecure because of her history of of violence and that it kind of comes out. Maybe you can build her connection to that fucking guy that she likes, that she has permission to actually like now because he's not fat anymore. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, it gives hope to fat boys out there to be like, you know, there's hope yet. I could. So, but I mean, <laughs> but, but that's um, beside the fact you could, uh, yeah. but, but I mean. her like expressing like some of the stuff she's been through over the years, that very real stuff that people go through to him could have built that into a love story that actually means something as opposed yeah. to some bullshit love story where she's, maybe she likes James McAvoy. Maybe she likes that guy. And then she finds out he wrote the poem and she, then, then they love and then each then other. And then they love each other. Yeah. It's and, again, I'm going to go with the word cheap. Like, it was just done very quickly. But we have to jump on the backstories one more time, though, because James McAvoy's writing his own movie based on his own book, and he didn't finish the script before they started fucking shooting? Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) Also, the fact that... We're uh, shooting it tonight. That's not how movies work. That's not how it works. (laughs) I mean, I think it was supposed to be a rewrite, but even then, the fact that they're going to be shooting it in less than a day, (laughs) bullshit. 
Um, and then there's also the fact that Stephen King himself mm-hmm. made it uh, a cameo. I would argue, because one of the things about James McAvoy's character is that he's built. He's he's, he's Stephen King. Yeah, he doesn't know to, he doesn't know how to end the story, and I would I would argue that um, that's true to life for Mr. Stephen King. But the character himself, Bill, is based on Stephen King. So, well done. <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel about James McAvoy's American accent? See, here's the thing. I I've heard him. Have I heard him do a different one apart from Wanted? Because that scream that he does in Wanted, where he's just, he's, you know, he's supposed to be, uh, he's just always panicked. And so some of the screams to me seem like a wimpy kind of scream. And I, I let that go because that made sense for him. Mm-hmm. But then I heard it again in this character and I just didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> His screams are just like, every time he, I heard a scream, it triggered a flashback over to Wanted when like Ange- Angelina Jolie was flipping the car, like it did a 180 or 360, whatever. And he's just screaming his head off just too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He Something about his performance put me off a lot. Yes. And I, it's... For someone who's so, like, he's extremely talented. Yeah, I was looking Um, forward to his performance, to be honest, because I I thought it would be great. Like, he's done so many good things. I'm not wrong in the feeling like none of them were. I mean, I know that because we already know the story. Because whether you read the book or not, there's another movie. You know that they like all or mostly survive. But even other than that, they never felt like they were in danger because the movie always pulled its punches every time. The the creatures that attacked them never seemed to have the intent to really kill them. If Pennywise wanted to kill him, Pennywise could fucking kill him. He could have done it. So that's where I feel like they should have played the game more of the whole fear situation and and then to the point where they question reality a little bit more. So, you know, the whole character with... And again, uh, the movie, I think the movie thinks it's doing that, but but it's it's not. not effective because the the characters do kind of repeat it's not real or whatever but it's yeah. like yeah i mean like dumb. there was a there, there was a good scene with uh, bill Hader's character when he was in the park when he's like this is not real and he's able to kind of work it out so it gives a false sense of security but only to find out that he could still mess with you because it's a psychological kind of game right he's not doing anything physical per se right in some cases he has right right i thought it was all supposed to be like a sort of a he can't be really affected by things. Mm-hmm. So if like a building collapses because you think it's collapsing, but nothing happens. Right. That kind of thing. I wish they had played that up because when they bring in the character, Henry Bowers back, the bully with the, the oh, mullet. My, yeah. Oh God, the mullet. How could I forget that word? Um, Cause it's such a great fashion style. <laughs> um, he would be a great addition to this front. And this is where I kind of would go into the changes. Because he's a real physical presence. Exactly. And he actually can do he's something. A psychopath. So, Freak everyone out about this possible guy coming back, right? Everyone's freaking out about that. Scare them with everything else. So when he actually comes up, he's not actually a manifestation or a visual visualization. This guy actually stabs someone in the face, right. right? He would be the scary. He could be the real scary part of the movie because he's not a fucking, he's not a Paul Bunyan statue cackling and chasing right. you. He's a something that can actually hurt you. It makes sense for the kids, right? But now that you're an adult, you're more equipped in knowing that that's the games he plays. Mm -hmm. Now that he has this ace up his sleeve, it would be attacking them on two fronts, right? Mm -hmm. Because I really want to ask about his strategy with the whole nightmare sequence. Okay, so like freaking them all out individually, first it goes into the horror trope. If they had a better reason or they could have even written to where characters could be together and suffer it. Like, it just seems like very poor planning on the loser's part 
in terms of believability, I would have it would have made sense if they went in like as partners and they got separated. It also or, makes the movie a fucking slog because you keep rotating like here's this one. character's little thing, here's this character's Do little thing, again. here's this character's little thing, Do and then again. you start to count and like how many characters are in this movie again? Because I really want this to move the fuck on. To which they didn't even give uh, Mike his own. Uh, they statement. sort of did in the library when he gets attacked, but no, Pennywise didn't really fuck with him. No. If we were to think about it from Pennywise's strategy, I don't even know if he had actively done it or if it just happened to be the case. It seems like it was an active situation because it recalled situations from the previous movie where they each have their own nightmare sequence that's very personal to them. What is the strategy behind that? Because Pennywise, at this point, he he's at his he's in his final form in this case. Right, right. He could... He, he could kill them. He could kill them. Like, what is he? Why is he fucking with them? It seems like they. He seems like, yeah. Like he, they're all in positions where they're so easy to kill. Yeah. But he just lets them win by overcoming their fears. It's like something that the something that the writer the wanted writer. the character yes. to go through. Yeah. It's not that the character not made sense for the characters or for the villain. And I'll just shoehorn this in. And even that whole thing, like when he's big spider Pennywise, and he's chasing them around like it's fucking Jurassic Park. They get away from him to stop and chat like twenty times. A like, lot of times. and they're just in this cave that it's easy to see. But even they walk like they just go around this very small, not even obscured corner, and they're just like they have a fucking conversation while yep. he's like clawing at the wall for no fucking reason. Or when they go through the one cave and come out the other side, and he's still just clawing at the thing even though he can change into any shape he wants and do whatever he wants he's just clawing it's like a cat chasing a fucking laser pointer he is so kept out of their way so that they're safe so unnaturally so often so unnaturally yeah that's that's what i mean so it goes back to and again by that time you've been watching the movie for two hours and 45 minutes so you're kind of like just fucking just this action sequence shouldn't be this long because you keep stopping the action for no fucking reason I kind of want to jump on the change for that. Okay. Like, I have an idea. It's sort of a quick fix. Where, so they do the ritual, the lights come down, and then all of them succumb to it. And then they go into their own nightmare version. Yeah. And, and then they of... all overcome from their, all, all, they overcome their, their nightmare. Because then he's immobilized them, and that's his goal. Exactly. But they break out of it. But that's not and what then, happens. They just fall down. To... Yeah, exactly. It, it's all just like, all right, well, here comes another yeah. thing. Right? It's more of the, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Whereas, where they do this, but this happens, but after that, they're able to overcome this. And then now they have to fight his physical form. Right. right. And that, I like that a lot. And yeah. that would have been quicker. Like, they're all like, they had just come out of this trance. They would have been able to kind of, they would have been like, you know, they're not all, all together in their heads. And then also, once they kill him, end the fucking movie. End of the fucking <laughs> movie. Instead of Return of the King, this bullshit. Oh my God. And just every, uh, you keep thinking it's the last scene, but then, no, we're going to have some weird montage of the kids. Then we're going to have some weird montage of the adults. Then and we're going to read, read a letter. letter. Then we're yeah. all going to have a phone call, and then it's just going to keep fucking going. Jesus, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I thought when they did the, the shot where they were like kids, it would have right. just been like, done and but no let's have more where we have to explain everything here's the thing is like if you had given me this really emotional connection to these characters that might have worked but instead i just want the movie to be fucking over because these characters aren't real people they're just and i'll I'll add to that partially because these all these characters are isolated in their own realm of things so with bill's character he's dealing with like survivor's guilt kind of a situation where he blames himself rich is dealing with himself coming to terms with being gay which they never even do a character work on that he never see, he's never honest with anyone he never like it's just no i thought see okay so when they did the shot where he goes into the car and then you see the uh where uh 
Bowers was right there hanging out. I thought it would have been good because it was kind of like a throwback. So there's the theater scene where he's playing Street Fighter and hmm. yeah, and then they would have faced off. What terrified me in the uh, the older version was that it always felt like he was there. He was watching, right? Because there was a point where in the original, I think they were in a library and they're just talking about what to do. I mean, it's the same thing when they go to the Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like that. I hate that scene so much. It's so over the top. They're all like... The way that they're all, it's showing us that they're becoming friends again, I guess, but they're just all so loud and obnoxious and it's shot super close and the camera's like doing all these crazy things like you would do for an action sequence or scene that's supposed to build anxiety, but they're just talking and having fun and it's just, it's another thing where I just think the movie's just so bombastic in your face, which again, robs them of just being real people. They don't have a moment of connection. They just, it might as well be a montage. It's not really a montage, it but it was, might as well yeah. be. So it's very bombastic. It has like all these cool shots. It looks great. But then if you look at the core of it, it's lacking. It makes no sense lacking. for what, yeah, like, well, the tone of that scene shouldn't be bombastic. It should be about people them getting to know each other again. Yeah. And it said it's this loud, crazy thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not... That doesn't make sense for any other characters. The The whole movie doesn't have to be shot like a horror scene or an action scene. Some of the scenes, when it's about people, should be shot like a drama or a comedy. And it's just the whole thing is shot like an action sequence. Everything, even when they're just sitting and talking, it's still being shot like an action sequence. And it just doesn't make any sense. And it's distracting. And I, I felt it kind of exhausting. They do this thing where as long as they mention it, it's okay. Just like, I, like okay, so I'm going back to uh, Beverly's character where her past, okay, so I walked out for a moment, but I'm pretty sure I didn't miss anything. The reason I walked out at the one time was because I had seen it in the, the trailers. The entire scene is shown to you in one of the trailers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, I know this part. I can quickly do my thing. It actually showed some flashbacks that weren't in the, tra- in the trailer version of that scene, but it's Okay, fine. so in that part, did they address anything with her abusive? Yeah father yes oh, okay so i can't really make this point then the point was that i was that i was going to make was that they do they sort of touch upon by it. the way ted walked out because for it's a three fucking hour movie yeah. anyway go back <laughs> yeah and i had to pee <laughs> honestly i was just like Ugh. other movies that are three hours avengers endgame the lord of the rings return of the king by the way the first lord of the rings not three hours shorter than that so just just what about the directors just cut? to let you guys know <laughs> <laughs> movies are very rarely three hours and they're usually exceptional films that like they have F- to be yeah and this is like, just a horror movie but like the hobbit really didn't this is to. one fucking story split into two movies that as it is yeah you couldn't have made two fucking two hour movies anyway because <laughs> <laughs> i did i think they they played up some stuff that they didn't need to and they in fact they could have combined, this is my point, is that they could have combined, and it would have made for a tighter or more poignant kind of story between the characters. So, for example, like don't having... Have, don't have any fucking flashbacks to when they're kids when the first movie was about them being fucking kids. Yeah. Just show us everything we t- need to know about them in that movie and then show us them as an adult in this right. movie. and dealing with it. But, right? like, probably condensed, if you put it all together, there's like a half an hour of this movie is them as kids again. Yeah, that's true. You know what they could have done? If they were going to go with the whole amnesia thing, maybe they had to go back through these situations to recall what happened. But in the Chinese restaurant, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember, but I have maybe one or two pages missing out of my memory. So I guess I'll go ahead and venture off on my own and do this, right? Even your own fucking plot devices, you just disregard after. That that horror trope was very, it was just like 
cheaply put together is like, no, we have to. Because that one time for maybe a few weeks, we were not together. So we have different tokens. And it's not like anything that they show us in those flashback scenes is particularly fucking important. No. It's just the kids having some creepy instance, which, okay. To where, this is where I'm going to argue, where if the kids, and you have to do a rewrite, or not the kids, the characters actually went together, but in smaller groups. Mm -hmm. That would at least give me some sort of reason to believe that they have some sort of faculties amongst themselves, right? Like they're smart enough to be like, no, no, that's dumb. We already know what this guy can do, so let's not do that, right? Like they had lo- this like is Bill, also- Bill Hader says it's dumb, but then everyone's still fine with it. So yeah. yeah, here's my problem: that certain character arcs were actually had in the first one. Like for example, for oh, I just forgot his name, Ed Eddie, he actually has a character arc where he realizes that his mom has been giving him placebos, in the idea that trying to make him think that he's sick. And so he'll have to, you know, be by her side more often, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, and so he's restricted from doing things. His character could have had something. It just seems like nobody learned anything from the previous one. Right. They just reverted. And I guess you could argue that because there's a bit of like, oh, I don't remember what happened. You don't so actually. I'm going to gravitate toward my original self. This but... movie can, can, for a movie that's a two-parter, because it's not just a sequel, it's a two-parter, but you can totally disembody this from the first movie. There's nothing that comes from it that's important yeah. to, that informs this one. Also, well, since you mentioned Eddie, I hated that fucking actor so much. The older one? Yeah. yeah. He was just <laughs> shouting all the time. Yeah. And he wasn't, he was just like, again, just in a very exaggerated single you could describe his personality in like one way, like he's uptight, and that's the only facet to this person. This human being doesn't have any other like qualities or goals or ambitions or usefulness. Right. He's just always yelling about being scared. That's all he's ever doing. That that's exactly my point. Like he, because that's how he was when he was a kid, and it makes sense when he was a kid and not growing up in this one because Ben changes. I guess you could argue it's because he had that little token that he kept in his wallet. <laughs> so he remembered what it was like being fat or something. Sure. I'm so glad you brought up the whole like uh, scary stories to tell in the dark because I felt a lot of the components to this movie was for like a younger audience in the sense mm-hmm. of like, it's like a young adult horror movie. Yeah. They're struggling with things like that are for a younger audience. It just... And, and so, like, the solutions are also simplified. Right. It's right? not, it's just it's like not that very... the actual issues are, are like, restricted to a younger audience. It's just that the way that the movie handles them mm-hmm. is, is so superficially. Superficial. That was the that word I was going to go with. It's not for someone who's actually lived through in traumatizing events or really dealt with guilt for years or yeah. domestic violence for years. It's someone who just has a, a very basic concept of these things. And right. so, therefore, you touch on it. And you brush it under the rug, essentially. Right. Because, like, in the original one, I think Bill was one of the ones who actually remembered. I don't. I mean, don't quote me on that. I don't quite remember. But I feel like the reason why he writes those stories, it's like he's channeling that. So mm-hmm. it's always, like, a part of him that he's keeping it, like, the forefront of his mind. This one he doesn't. Because, like, what he's writing is a horror movie. Right. So surely you're drawing upon some sort of source. Right. But for you to fully forget it. Uh, I'll tell you what I would change. At the end of the movie, we just cut back to the scene where Mike doses Bill's water with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, LSD or something. And you just realize the whole thing was just a bad trip. See? I, oh, <laughs> see? Right there. <laughs> Shitty thing to do to someone unawares, which is to give them a hallucinogen. I think if you had gone with something like that, where it seems like... Okay. So a quick rewrite I think I would have done with... I don't know what factors 
could be used to bring all the characters back again. But let's say that they had all come back except for there's so many names I can't remember them right now. They keep mainly because none and of out. them are important. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, Mike. So Mike is the only one who stays, and he actually researches it. But everyone else comes back, and the fact I feel like because the whole idea is about fear, right? And what it's the power of belief, mm-hmm. right? That's the whole idea. I mean, that's how they solve it at the end. Right. Shouting really basic, stupid insults. Yes, at him. really. Ba- <laughs> You're a clown. You're a clown. <laughs> he just, Headless boy. He just withers and dies. <laughs> and all you had a to do was beating heart. <laughs> all you had to do was insult him like a five-year-old would on a yeah. On it's exactly playground. what it is, right? So it's the whole idea of the power of belief, right? If I believe this, then this will happen. But let's say. After So that was his original MO, even showing that it or Pennywise has learned from his interaction with these fuckers, mm. right? He ups his game. So now he makes it so you don't know what to believe. So that's why uh, only Mike has stayed, and he's kind of being truthful, but he's also off his rocker. He's kind of a little nuts because of what he's actually researched and gone through and drinking the LSD water. <laughs> to the point where he poisons everyone else and everyone's like you fucking drugged us i can't fucking believe you right and it sows discord amongst them right right well because it should because there's no way you're like for one you trip out and you see some quote you see some ritual you're not going to be like it's all true which is right. what bills has no you'd be like no i was just tripping because you drugged me yeah. <laughs> but then as they kind of go through these things, like, because they have amnesia. They don't remember that it was actually there. And when they go through these journeys individually, or I would prefer that they kind of had, like, maybe two, like, Ben and Beverly were together, mm-hmm. and Richie and Eddie were together, yeah. right? Because they, they clashed a lot. And Ben has a love interest in Beverly, and Beverly has no idea, so there's already conflict there. Uh, sure, Bill could be on his own, because mm-hmm. he was the kind of, he was the main character in the first one. So it kind of makes sense for him to kind of do it on his own. And, of course, with Mike, he's already done his... And he had a, he's the only one who had a separate plot, which is this, to save that other kid. Yeah. He wasn't... He was the only one not doing just his vision quest. Right. The vision quest. There you go. <laughs> yes. yes. That's a good s- synopsis. Yeah. Why people go on a fucking vision quest in the Midwest. Yeah. And if they had done that, I think that would have been a little more pulling because now they can't really trust each other. But Ben wants to follow Beverly, follow Beverly because he likes her. Mm. Maybe Richie, because Richie also likes Eddie in this right. case. So, yeah. and they follow each other. There's, it lends for more rationality. That would have been my rewrite. I think it would have been a little tighter. I don't think it would have been three hours long. No. I, ha- I will have to applaud the transitions that they did. Cause I, I always thought about kind of like these sort of dream sequence and how they could kind of seamlessly put those two together like there's one where bill and beverly were riding their bikes and he tells her to go off and then as he walks off then we have the future version mm-hmm. of her so i, I kind of like this yeah, it's cool. a nice touch i will say but yeah it was too spread out too segmented mm-hmm. for the whole movie there's a lot about the way the director like shoots and edits things that are that are nice it's just he he needs to learn a little bit of restraint and find a better through line and maybe trust his actors to give a more nuanced performance than they gave. Yeah. Put some of their fears more, like you have such a talented cast, let them communicate some of their trauma and their fears subtly, not by shouting it at each other. It's mainstream friendly horror is how I feel. 
I don't even. I I like. I dread calling it a horror movie. I think it's, it's an not action, really. Horror. I think it's an action yeah. movie. Yeah, because like the beats that they go through. Yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely more. Everything adventure. that's gonna try to kill them is loud and destructive. It's like breaking shit and destroying yeah. houses and destroying like the street. It's not. It's not like something is creepily coming to get them. It's it's yeah. destruction. It is exactly. It it's, is mass destruction. There there's literally giant monsters. Like yeah, it's like we talked where nothing was really scary. It's just that loud sounds. That, like, uh, I mentioned this to you, like, the whole uh, where Bauer was being taken back to his room and then the balloon was under the bed and he's trying to pull on it. And, of course, everyone's anticipating that the balloon's going to pop. Everyone knows that, mm-hmm. right? And it does. And admittedly, yes, it made me jump, but it's not because it scared me. It's just because it was a loud sound. It was loud, yeah. I was like, okay, all right. I knew that was going to happen. Most of the movie, most of the way the movie kind of flows and moves, both in its seriousness and its kind of, and its, in its energy, yeah. is like a movie ride at Universal Studios. It's like going to the Spider-Man ride. It's, it's like someone said, we're going to adapt Stephen King's It into a Universal Studios <laughs> mo- uh, ride. And that's what the movie feels like. It's, yep. it's, it, has, it has no depth. It's just, it's just quote unquote exciting in the fact that there's lots of shit happening. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And it's fine in that sense. Like, the movie, it didn't, like, bore the shit out of me or anything because lots of shit's happening. Yeah. But it also is just so surface level. It could have been better, yeah. It's that case. it's also something that I could have done with being a whole lot shorter. One of the things I liked about the first part, the one that was in 2017, was that there were a lot of Easter eggs peppered in throughout the movie. For example, there was a part where Ben's in the library and he talks to the librarian, and if you and the character's out of focus, the librarian's out of focus. He's fo- he's focused, and he's you see him reacting to things that he's seeing in the book. But if you look in the background, the librarian is staring at him the whole time and starting to smile. You can kind of tell through like the the shadows on her face, mm-hmm. right? But the the focus is on him reacting to what he sees in the book. And now, if you're paying attention, you'll see that. And then there's other little things in the shadows uh, where. Pennywise is kind of shown. Maybe I didn't notice anything. I tried noticing things more on the sides. I was looking for those little things, and it doesn't seem like there was a lot of that. I didn't. Did you get that impression? I mean, they tried to do that with the old woman. But um, also, and her. Why is that scary? Why is a fucking old woman like doing weird, stupid, jerky motion scary? It's because it's dumb. She looks like she's doing a little jig. Yeah. (laughs) I was just gonna say because it it reminded me a lot of. Uh, Sam Raimi's type of horror, right? Where he does, and, and his horror is like, because his horror is fun because it's it is this kind of ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. but everything is acted around it so that you you also laugh. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. You're supposed to be. It's supposed to be tense because the the people are in such danger all the time. Right. But you're also supposed to just be like, almost laugh because it's so uncomfortably ridiculous. Yeah. Like, in this movie, I just feel like. It could have done that. It but could have done that. Yeah, I think it wants to be super serious and dark, and I just think it's... To which, if they did, they should have dialed it back some. They should have slowed yeah. it down, tried not to be as bombastic. Another part that reminded me of Remy was the part where Eddie was dealing with his mom and the leper. That, I felt like, I the was like... tongue and, like, yeah. why does that... See, that song kicks up when the when it vomits on him, like, yeah. touched by an exactly. angel or whatever, yes. mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, whatever that song is. It's like, just call me angel. Just call me. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> Why? Nothing else in the movie has that tone nope. and it just jumps up and goes away. Nothing even happens in the scene. He just pushes him away and runs. Oh, he kills yeah. him, I guess, but he just runs away and then he runs out 
and the fucking person who works at the pharmacy isn't like, why were you down in my basement? She's and just why like, do you have shit all over why you? is there black goo all over you? She's just like, you're supposed to push the or pull the door. And it's like, yeah. okay, you're not going to note anything about this weird fucking shit that just happened. Right. So again, it, it, I'm going to refer back to the point where it's like, it's okay if we mention it because she was a character that was in the, the first part too. Which, okay, great. We know it's her. Do something with her. It's not enough to just recognize that you're doing it or recognize that it exists. You need to do something about it. It's super lazy. It's it's essentially the writer admitting, I know that this doesn't make that much sense or this isn't a good plot point. But, but a character will kind of joke about it, so it's fine. Yeah. No, it's still not fine. Right. It's still a, it's still a plot hole or a stupid or <laughs> next scene. Just because you had a little chuckle about it doesn't make it better. Was there anything that you did like? The movie's pretty. It's very pretty. I gotta say that, like, <laughs> even for its bombastic nature, the cinematography I thought was great. Yeah. Its yeah. use of space I thought was great. I like the transitions. Like, there was one that was particular where it, like, transitions up into the night sky, and then there's a little piece where uh, Stanley is putting together a puzzle. Yeah. And then it just kind of goes, goes into through there. That. I like the... I don't remember what there was before, but it, it comes up on the carnival at night, and it, but it comes through the trees... And it oh, looks yeah. like it looks like twinkling. Was, it kind of looks yeah, like twinkling 20, stars, but yeah. it's actually like behind the, the or, yeah the yeah. lights of the, the carnival. It's, it's that pretty, was a good shot too. And yeah. it's clearly got a much larger budget than your average horror movie. Your average horror movie has a pretty small budget. Actually, a weird thing about the film industry is a lot of editing and cinematography techniques come from horror films because it's people with not a lot of money having to be creative about something, right, right. and so it actually gives birth to a lot of techniques that. Mm. It's why a lot of a lot of directors you'll you'll see people who have like this their first movie some it's either music videos or it's like a low budget horror film right. and then they get bigger budget stuff later because they they showcase their talent. They can stretch out a story, right? Yeah. And this one is clearly this one clearly isn't that. This one is clearly someone has a whole bunch of money, which is probably the downfall of this movie because yeah. it's it I mean it is like I kind of joked about the the end sequence just being a Jurassic Park scene but it is it's yeah. it's a big blockbuster I will say that some of the the things that happen and it looks good but it just doesn't fit a horror movie yeah some of those were really good like with Stan's head maybe there were like two parts of the the whole sequence where I felt like it was computer animated but a large part of it, I was like, wow, how did they do yeah, this? Yeah, it looked good. Yeah. It looked really good. I was really surprised. Uh, I just had flashbacks to the original or the uh, TV movie one where there was a head in the mi- uh, the refrigerator. <laughs> but you see, like it's like these little things where you're not expecting it. And then suddenly you have this this calm and then you open up and he's always taunting you. Because the idea is it's supposed to yeah, kind of... Yeah, this movie didn't even do that. It didn't even like shock you with things that just like... Well, that's because the movie never slows down enough for that to happen. No. Which is weird because it's three fucking hours long. Mm-hmm. Why be three hours long if you're not going to let characters breathe and like build tension? Mm-hmm. Like if this movie were ninety minutes long, I'd be like, "What a weird roller coaster ride." That was fun, right? But instead, <laughs> it took beats from an action movie and then placed them in a horror movie. Was the yeah. case? Anyway, I don't really have much to say about it because the movie—it just is what it is. It's a it's a video game action sequence. It's a amusement park ride. It's has good production value, but it has no real meat on its bones in any no. other way. Yeah. And I think I've pretty much outlined my changes, which kind of, it really changes a lot of the core aspects. Using less of the flashbacks. I mean, it's kind of nice because, like, it was a really great cast. The kids, mm-hmm. they're really good um, in their performance. And I think they wanted to keep that going. 
but I think they could have done it a little bit differently. Like, hell, like, even, like, the nightmare sequence at the end where they all get sucked in by the lights, maybe they revert back to their younger selves, right? Because I feel like that at that point you're more vulnerable, or it was probably the first time you felt so vulnerable. I don't even know that I have a favorite scene. I, all, most of the scenes are, like, they look cool and stuff like that. I don't hate, I don't hate them, but... Mm-hmm they're all kind of the same to me, which is a problem that I ran into when we were going through each of the characters' little quests, is they're like, this is just the same as what I just watched, and it's the same as what I just watched, and it's the same as what I just watched. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm gonna watch it for another two hours because you're just gonna keep doing this, which they did. Right. And so they all were just so the same to me that I don't have a favorite scene. I don't really have a particularly favorite scene either. I will tell you, it's essentially one sequence or one shot within a the montage at the end, which was... <laughs> Ben says, oh, oh, hey, like you just woke up. Did you have a dream? And she, and she says something like, oh, it was a beautiful dream. And then looks off into the distance. <laughs> I was like, all right, why don't you explain the dream? I don't know. It was just like so over the top. It was really unnatural. Yeah. And, so corny. And uh, they, they do that a lot too. Like when, when Eddie realizes, when he, when he decides to attack Pennywise with the poker, he's like, this can kill monsters if I believe it does. If I believe it can. If I be- he says it like four times. If yeah. I believe it can, like just fucking attack the goddamn thing. Well, this movie's gonna make two hundred billion dollars, uh, yeah. regardless of its quality. Um, right. Take us out, Ted. Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. Be sure to find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, in fact, you can go to our website, characterarc.net. You can also go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may listen. Alrighty then, hope you guys have a good one. Thank you so much. Thank you.